everyone. We are coming to you today from Journal de Toronto News and Arts. It's our first podcast from this wonderful a new cultural space at Dufferin and Dundas, downtown Toronto. We are here today with Misha from Drum Taberna. Welcome, Misha. Thank you for having me, guys. Hi. It's great to have you. It's been a long time. We it missed you. It definitely has been. Um, let's start off with maybe the basics, Drum Taberna. How did this name come about and what does this establishment represent? Uh, it's always been a confusion for a lot of people because everybody started looking, like we came to existence on June 13th, 2018. This is when we officially, this is when we unofficially opened. We officially opened on the first day of FIFA in 2018, June mm -hmm. 14th. Uh, and so everybody has always been telling us that that's incredible how this place has gained so much popularity in such a short time. What people don't realize is that Drom has actually been coming to existence for a couple of decades because it's the child that's been born from a collaboration of several things. First of all, we have Kensington Market, and then mm -hmm. it's La Palette, uh, led by Shemez and his beautiful wife, Maria, and then also Fedora Upside Down, as the community of musicians altogether, uh, that got founded by, uh, I'm pretty, I don't remember everyone, but I know that Tangi was there. I think that Mark Marchik was there from Lemon Bucket Orchestra. Right. Uh, so. This is how it started with uh, all the musicians that were first a part of Fedora Upside Down. That was our beginning. And the name Drom came from a Romani language. We are an Eastern European bar and restaurant. Mm -hmm. And the reason why for the Romani language is because it is, in a way, the language of the gypsies of Eastern Europe. Right. Gypsies were and still is that beautiful thing that unites that land altogether, despite how every single Eastern European country is trying to stay apart from each other. Mm -hmm. Because as they would be traveling, they would be sharing experience, culture with other states. And that's how it sort of all came into this one unified part of Europe. And so whenever gypsies would travel, quite often what would happen is that a part of the group would decide to stay in a specific village. Either a boy or a girl would fall in love with someone else from the village or they would decide that, you know what, I like this specific forest and that specific lake, that's my jam, I'm going to stay here. Mm -hmm. And those that stay, that had the expression for those that go, which was Lacho Drom, which means safe journey. Right. And so Drom itself as the road means, as the word means the road, the path, the journey or the adventure. And that's what we always wanted that place to be. It had to be some form of the roads somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Not for you just to stay in that city and not for you just to stay in your reality, but for you to get the chance to be somewhere else and for you to get the chance to experience something else. We wanted it to be something completely different and obviously it became something so much more than any of us ever thought. But that's sort of like the basic of the roots. Um, you guys have definitely accomplished what you've set out to do, and like you said, and then more. There's so much more that you can never calculate, but you brought so many people together from different areas, and I think anyone who walks in there feels that vibe and the fact that everybody's welcome. Thank now, you. Now, the business that you are in is exactly that, community, connection, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, music, arts, with everything that's happening currently, how is this all impacting you? The way this whole thing started, it's been weird. The past three plus months for us, just like for the majority of the people have been 
a lot of the unknown, a lot of the uncertainty, a lot of everything, what if, what if then, uh, lots of fear. So with the original, A, we're only going to shut everything down for a couple of weeks. We just came to a decision that like, you know, all right, well, let's do takeout for now and uh, see how that goes. And then it was kind of helpful, but in no way would it at all help us to survive. And quite frankly, still, if it was these the regular conditions for businesses to exist in, like, you know, without mm -hmm. a rent relief or without a wage subsidy, like, we would not make it. And that's why, unfortunately, there are so many places that had to close down. Like, 18% of business, 18% of restaurants and bars have shut down within the first month, and we still see places closed down. In Toronto, for example, 120 Diner and The Hideout have left us, and that's been such a hit like right. for everyone who like appreciates and enjoys culture and music in the city altogether. So food has always been awesome, at least I hope in Drum, but you know, like with this thing happening we've realized that in no way was this the way for us to make a living or even survive. It was at the very most like a quarter of all the sales that we were doing because mm -hmm. people were coming there to grab a bite, but for the most part, people were coming there for the community, for drinks, and most importantly, for music. So when community and music is taking away from the place that we've been trying to build as the place for community to appreciate the music, it got us into that very weird situation that we didn't know what to do with. But it also helped us to come back to our original thoughts, because us becoming a live music venue like a full-on everyday life music venue is something that city helped us realize, mm -hmm. right? It's something the community helped us realize because people, like we wanted it to be a comfortable spot for people to be in. We wanted it to be a place where community can feel like home, but we didn't know that that's how it's actually going to explode. Right. So our original idea was to have an Eastern European tavern where, you know, like there would be that fridge at the front and that people would like, you know, grab the sausages or some cured and smoked fish and they would have like a bunch of drinks to choose from. That was sort of like our perspective on mm -hmm. the whole thing. And then obviously everything like changed into a little bit of a different perspective. But with this whole thing happening now, it like we just went back to those, to these roots, to the basics. And so that's why right now we have a deli fridge that is, again, only helping to survive under the conditions that we are provided at the moment. Mm -hmm. If there was no wage subsidy, if there was no rent relief, if there was no tax relief for a music venue specifically, if there was no so many more things, then like we would absolutely shut down. Yes, because right now a lot of people are losing their dreams and they may never be able to uh, recover from that. So I'm not sure what that's going to mean for the city, the art world, the restaurants, the creative businesses, and what you guys do. You built a community very fast, and you brought in all of the artists. So right now, a lot of the creatives are suffering. You guys are, because you're kind of in the crossroads of both of it. You brought a whole bunch of beautiful ideas together and made it explode. That being said, what about the connection? Because Part of your job is connecting all the time. It's part of who you are. And we go there. People do meet and couple up. People do dance together and they build a new community. How can we ever replace that or recover from this to get back to something like that, assuming businesses survive? This has been a very traumatizing topic for me in my head to have all together because uh, 
It's, you know, it's always been one of those things that you always have people who are, who have it in them. And then whenever you give them a platform to connect and be together, then they're more than happy to do so. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have so many, you have so many guests that would go to other places and bars and just, just simply because they wouldn't feel that comfortable atmosphere, they would never be able to open yeah. up. And we we were able to provide it and so you got this group and then on top of that you also have other people who don't even know how to communicate who don't even know how to go out and so it's always been this beautiful you know sort of like an educative aspect for us Mm -hmm. this is why we always make sure to make the hat speech for the musicians and this is why we always make sure that we talk to people that it's okay we want to show we want to Educate, because everything goes down to education. We want to educate that it's okay to be in that open. It's okay to be connected to someone that you just met. Like, this is a safe space. You can be as weird as you want. So I don't know how it's going to happen. But I I do have faith that it's going to be complicated. It's complicated right now to communicate with people because every single person that comes in, I understand that they're coming from a good place, but also they're coming from the place that they don't unfortunately know what else to talk about. Every single person comes in and they ask, how is your, like, you know, what's the business doing and what do you think about COVID? And Mm -hmm. I understand that that's what everybody talks about. But as I mentioned at the beginning, our goal has always been to create the teleport to go somewhere else and gotcha. think about something else. And unfortunately, it's not for an hour and a half anymore or two hours or the whole night. Now it's just a five-minute experience while you're picking your beer that you're going to go drink on the sidewalk because you cannot drink it at a bar or, right. the patio or on the patio. But we still want to give people that chance to, like, just for five minutes, forget about what's happening outside. Forget about the fact that the whole fucking world is going down. Like... Just forget about it for a moment and remember to breathe and realize that there could be something else happening, that there could be a better right. life. And so there is hope that it's not going to be as quick as it happened two years ago because everybody's going to be a lot more scared. But there is hope that we are going to be able to bring that community back. It's definitely not going to be easy. It's not easy now. Exactly. But well, I mean, we're definitely not going to give up. No one was ready, but now you're also offering, like you said, there's that five minutes, and now that community experience is becoming a one-on-one. But through that five minutes, we can all walk away with a new vision, idea, or inspiration. So you're still doing what you do, but just in a completely different way. And all we can do is wait and see how it's all going to play out. Yeah, it is, a, it is a completely different way, and it's also one of those things that, you know, you don't have... You don't have the place anymore and the space anymore to sort of like help you. So now existing just as the deli, it's only left to you to make people feel that way. And you're dealing with people that are even that much more shut down inside themselves. Like, you know, you, everybody who was not equipped with communicating with others before is now even more in like, you know, that social communicative lockdown. Mm -hmm. So it's, that much more complicated now and it's going to be that much more complicated later but uh six days ago we had our anniversary and Mm -hmm. uh we turned two years and uh we did have a couple of bands playing for like 20 30 minutes so that there wouldn't be enough like crowd and dancing and people wouldn't start doing what they do a drum (laughs) sweating kissing and drinking all together all the good stuff Uh, (laughs) it's over (laughs) 
there was the sharing. I put the rat hat out and mm -hmm. I was talking to people and I was explaining that the only reason why we're doing it is so that you can still remember how to be together. It's so that you don't forget. It's like, don't think that every single meeting should just be a Zoom meeting. Like, remember yes. that you can like get together like either in the park or somewhere else, whether at a distance or not. You can still have the same like interests to share, and you know, I you can have that like one mutual like goal that you can all unite around. I completely agree with you, and I think it's a great thing to be uh, talking about with people. I, now it's starting a new trend, the Zoom brain. I refuse to go on it. I've yet to have one video chat because yeah. I want to do one-on-one. -on -one. We can still be outside. We can still make an effort to meet people, find your friends that live closer, come out and do it safely. It's really important for everyone to keep this connection. And more you isolate in extreme ways, more you're going into your head and people are becoming more depressed. So I think it's important for us to be sensitive about how each person uh, is taking this in. Yeah. It's definitely taken a toll on everyone psychologically and physically and emotionally different ways, but that connection is key. So no matter how it is, we have to have that, just like having you here today. Yeah, it's... Uh like it's it's good that you just reminded me right now that, that there's going to be this extra challenge to help people to realize that human connection and i'm quoting tangi now that human connection is the most important thing we've got is because so many more people are going to decide to stay home and stay away from everyone yes. else because of everything that's happening and i feel like even when vaccine is going to come out there's just going to be that like inner thought okay well this is over but clearly planet earth does not want us to be here anymore because we keep on making terrible decisions and so mm -hmm. like COVID-19 is going to be over, something else is going to happen, and that many more people are going to decide to stay isolated, and you're not going to have a chance to help them to connect because they're just not going to be there. But this is also our opportunity to educate. As we see the psychological and emotional shift, it's important for them to put things in place. We cannot live in a society where everyone's living in fear, and that allows for more control and power to take over. When you have people full of fear, they're too easy to direct. So we don't want to see that. So I'm assuming as this evolves and shifts, hopefully there's going to be a lot of positive coming from it too and possibly an opportunity to learn new things or look at things in a different way. That being said, let's get a little heavier. Since all this has happened, it's taken a financial toll on people. Businesses have closed. You guys are still survivors. How do you feel the government's been supporting small businesses? That's a good one. So it's one of those things that the whole government situation can be seen from so many different perspectives. And that's whether, like, you know, what are, what are your origins? Whether you believe that the government is always for good or whether you've been trained your whole life that the government is actually there to just make money on everyone or whether you're there to believe that the government just wants to make sure that they have all the power and that people are way too terrified to, you know, do anything about it. That's what's happening in a lot of third world countries. That's what's happening in my country, Russia, right mm -hmm. now. That's what's happening in Belarus. Like the guy had the opposition for the first time in 29 years and then he just put them in jail so that there wouldn't be anyone to go against him. It's very frustrating that the government started helping in steps. It does obviously look like that they were trying to cut the fat before they started giving any form of relief for small businesses. And uh, there could be several theories of why exactly they were doing it. The first naive one is that they didn't know how long it's going to last for. And so mm -hmm. they didn't want to waste all the budget of the country right away. 
and so they wanted to wait to see how much help is actually going to be needed. It's my optimistic perspective on a bunch of landlords as well that at the very beginning didn't want to help people at all and there are still landlords that don't want to do the rent relief which I find stupid for the for the commercial spaces yes. but at the very beginning a bunch of landlords were like oh no you still need to pay the whole thing because they all believe that this whole thing is going to be over in about a month or two and since this is going to be over then like maybe you're not going to pay me but I'm going to find someone else who's going to pay me and so mm -hmm. like whatever I don't care uh, and then it everybody started realizing that it's actually not going to be that simple and so did the government and so they started helping more and i don't know what's going to happen now i don't know what is like specifically for ontario what is their motive because uh, today doc ford allowed to open toronto and peel so we only have one space in the whole province that is still on uh, stage one phase one mm -hmm. everybody else is moving to phase two so are they doing it so that they stop the rent relief? Are they doing it so that they're like, oh, okay, now you don't have a 70% loss of revenue anymore, mm -hmm. and therefore, you know, you can open up and you can pay rent completely. But what they don't understand is that, sure, maybe we are actually going to be making a little bit more than a third that what we would have made, right. but the margins are not the same, right? We're not upcharging people the same. Like, you know, the beer, for example, that I'm buying for $3, I can only spend, like... Pay, uh, sell for five dollars now mm -hmm. whereas like the original like you know seven or eight dollars and so like these extra dollar or two are making a difference so maybe we are making a tiny bit more money than a third of what we would have made but we're spending that much more money Absolutely. and if somehow in a couple of weeks they're now going to say okay well you guys are all good and ready to go then that's going to hurt everyone even more. Absolutely, especially if you're one of the businesses who want to wait longer, so you have a greater loss. Um, exactly. So that being said, do you quickly have a suggestion as to what you would say the government can do at this point to help businesses? Because I would like some time to also hear one of your rants at the end of this, because I missed you yelling at all of us. I, I've, I, I haven't seen that much of Ontario but from what I've seen so far like Toronto specifically but it is the kind of a beautiful land where you have such a vast majority of cultures you have so many beautiful different groups of people and because of the fact that there are so many different groups of people you have an enormous amount of small businesses and that's why Ontario is attractive mm -hmm. to like you know the rest of the country and like you know it is also attractive to people from outside the country because this province has a tremendous amount of small businesses that you know are supporting these small like mi micro communities so I truly believe that if specifically that government wants to help this province that they need to listen to small businesses first because if we survive, if we make it by, if we're going to be okay, then it's still, then this province is still going to be attractive for everyone else to come in here later on. That it's still going to be attractive for tourists to stop by and mm -hmm. check out what's going on. Then Queen West and Kensington Market are still going to look wicked. Then maybe yes. Vogue is going to rate Queen West as top 10 best streets in the world yet again. But if every single spot is going to become Starbucks, Jack Astor's, Taco Bell, or KFC, then like what's going to be, it's, it's just going to suck all together. So there are big companies that are obviously making enough money mm -hmm. and they're obviously going to, you know, substitute whatever is happening right now. But this city and that province is going to lose its magic and nobody's going to be interested in us anymore. So 
moving on, if they want to make sure that everything is fine, maybe they should stop all the small guys to close up and close down altogether. I think that's that's the essential. Ridiculous. I completely agree with you. I think this is the time where we got to watch where this is going. The small businesses, maybe you need to all come together and voice it directly to the government. You are the one speaking for everybody, and you're the one in the business. Like you said, you're the one with the experience here. I, I'm always talking on behalf of musicians because this is not their role to be the talkers. Their role is to create that magic that they do. And uh, I've always felt humble and, you know, I always appreciated the fact that I was given a chance to explain to people what is happening in front of our, their eyes. And uh, right now, I'm, I'm still happy to do it, and not on behalf of all small businesses, but like, you know, on behalf of small businesses, if you have a chance not to go to Loblaws and support that stupid family that is already making billions of dollars. If you do have a chance not to order something on Amazon, if you do have that wonderful chance not to get a venti pike at Starbucks, if you somehow do have a beautiful opportunity not to buy some, I don't know, like shitty Smirnoff ice from LCBO. <laughs> if you have a wonderful chance not to go to LCBO altogether, but spend an extra dollar fifty and go to your local bar and get some of the drinks that they're providing, you are going to be giving so much more to the city and to this community that, that you can ever imagine. Every single penny counts. Every single cent is so important right now. And you can be assured, all the big guys, all these places where you used to go to, they're still going to survive, and they're going to be fine. And they're going to be making billions of dollars no matter what. But your small local barber shop that is maybe selling hand sanitizers right now just to make it by, your any local bar, your small, your small local magazine or any form of a podcast, if you're not going to listen to them and you're going to decide to just keep on spending your money at Apple Music and not fucking give anything to the people <laughs> that you see face to face every single day, then this city is not going to be the same. And everything that everyone else in the province and maybe in the country loves about us all of it is going to disappear. So please, for the love of everything that you believe in or not believe in, stop going to big corporations and start spending a tiny bit more now so that we can still have the very beautiful Toronto as we had before this whole shit went down. Yes. Thank you, Misha. It was Thank so nice to much. have you here. It was a pleasure. Truly. We missed that. And you can come back and maybe keep us updated on what's going on in the next little while. Will do, yeah. Yeah, and we wish you the best. So once again, guys, from News and Arts, and uh, we'll see you again. Yeah.